This episode is brought to you in part by Zondervan, publisher of The Perilous Fight, Overcoming Our Culture's War on the American Family, written and narrated by retired neurosurgeon and politician Dr. Ben Carson. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike, Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by The Witness, a black Christian collective. My name is Tyler Burns, and I'm your host. You can follow me at Twitter. <laughs> Jabar's trying to mock my intro. <laughs> Look, man, I'll be setting you up with this intro. People know you off this intro. But it's awkward. You literally, like, got, you literally got a book deal off this intro. <laughs> I got a book deal off this intro. Okay, okay, thank you. But it's awkward. Like, you're doing the intro, which is dope. It's fire. But then, you know, what? I'm just sitting here. It's like, you I don't know what received, to do with my hands. You just received you know? what God is doing. Yeah, you can you, look you at what God is on doing that other from side, afar. So, you, you know. No, but you can Greetings and God bless. Okay, my name go is Jamar Tisby. Welcome to another episode of Pass the Mic Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church. I am your co-host, Dr. Jamar Tisby. You can follow me at jamartisby.substack.com. And I am with my co-host, as always, the one, the only, Tyler Burns. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, brother. That was decent. You know, I'm going to give you about a six out of ten on that one. I'll give you about a six out of ten. Totally unplanned. Yeah, because you did a freestyle. I could tell you was freestyling. I thought it was going to be one of those we had to start over, but you really did it, man. Wow. Yeah, I listened. You did it. I listened. I'm impressed, brother. (laughs) We're going to have some fun today because this is our, as you can tell, our AMA episode. AMA stands for Ask Me Anything. And so we have asked you all for some questions, and we are going to answer those questions. Some of them are deep. Some of them are not. Some of them are funny. Some of them are serious, very serious, actually. And so we are going to get into it, and we'll probably, I don't know how many questions we can get through, maybe 10, Yeah, we'll, if, we, you if know, we're working. Some of them, we'll, 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 we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see kind of how it goes. Listen, if y'all have questions for us, you can actually reach out to us, like you know, time. like at any time. Yeah. Um, you can DM the Pass the Mic uh, Twitter uh, handle and that's at underscore Pastor Mike. Uh, you can also reach out to us info at thewitnessbcc.com um, via email. And so we have received some of you are like, man, I'm looking for a church in this area. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. We are willing to field those emails. So we have someone assigned to that. So you can't always do that. Um, I'm not going to give out my email address or Jamar's email address because <laughs> we don't to. want all that stuff. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to put that on the next have question. Yeah. What's yeah. Tyler's email address? We got to cut that because I got some weird ones after that. But I, I love you anyhow. I love you anyhow. Okay. First question here. This is from Leah. What's up, Leah? Um, she says, who would win in a sing-off? Oh, my. Or a dance-off? Oh, my. You or me? I mean, I'm, I'm going to win at both. I, I, first of all, I'm better at both. And second of all, I have more experience. And this is, these are just facts. All right. So if we talk about my dancing skills, every time, every time I got on the dance floor, can y'all hear that? Every time I got on the dance floor, I would clear the dance floor. It would be. Oh, yeah. I up. believe that. Like, <laughs> I believe up? you would clear the dance floor. But see, see, I he don't even know what clear that. the dance floor means. He's like, oh, he's a bad dancer. Let me get off the floor. Oh, no. I no, they circled that. up. To observe oh, yeah, the poetry yeah. in motion. Got to observe for I the stories later. For it. I didn't ask for it. I just had it. Right? It just is. Okay. Yeah, so, no, you know. I think you would win a sing-off only because you are a more confident singer. Oh, yeah. I think that's why you would win a sing-off. A dance-off, I, I don't think you would win a dance-off. I think the dance-off situation would be more about... I don't think, I don't think you would win a dance-off 
because I think you would try to do too much. So your confidence would be your demise. So you would end up trying to do the most and then you'd like turn an ankle or like you'd like, you know, bruise your tailbone or something. You try to do something to really uh, get it. And <laughs> you would hurt yourself. That's how I feel like that would be. Cool. What you think? Cool, I feel cool, like that's cool, solid cool. analysis, right? Cool, 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 cool. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> okay. No, okay. Uh, the only chance you would have of winning is if you knew a, a a more contemporary dance that I just hadn't practiced yet. Okay. I mean, if you if you think so, I'm hundred percent sure. Okay. Well, I'll give you that. I'm not trying to win. I'm not trying to beat you in any, any of those. I'm. That's fine. also part of it too. It's like I'm you don't fine. really care. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> like you good. You got it, G. You got it. It's very important to you, so you got it. I mean, bro. I just got. I, I, like I said, I got experience. I got talent. I didn't ask for it. it just happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Woo, if you listen to our podcast, I wish you could see my face right there. All right, Caleb. What's up, Caleb? He says, if you could only read one author for the rest of your life, wow, who is that's it? That's good. That's a great question. Yeah. One author for the rest of our lives. <sighs> hmm. You almost have to take a genre by genre. You do, but yeah, I, th- I feel like you do. I'm trying to think of like, there's that question, like, who, who, what author do you read everything they write? Like, yeah. anytime they come out with something. I mean, if if it's if it's one author that I could only read, like, I I I think it's important when you're talking about reading things and devoting your time towards that to really have people read from people who are vivid mm-hmm. in their imagery, but also can take you to a place, mm-hmm. and so. A modern writer who takes me to a place, even though he hasn't written a lot, is Ta-Nehisi Coates. Oh, yeah. Well, he takes me to a place. Did you read Water Dancer? I did not read Water Dancer. I didn't either. <laughs> so, I mean- I, and, between- that, and that would really, that would actually really be important because if you can do the novel as well right. as you do the memoir right. Right. and and the long form essay, then I kind of got to choose you. Absolutely. Yeah. So, similarly I- for me, I mean- Talk about transporting you to a place, James Baldwin. Yeah, that's what I was going to say next. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. James Baldwin. Um, His trenchant analysis, like you learn something about yourself when you read him, whether you're black or white or whatever. And he was a virtuoso when it came to writing. So he could do fiction. He certainly did nonfiction. He did long form. He did essays. He did uh, uh literature critique and 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 basically any genre Mm -hmm. and just was incredible yeah isabel wilkerson too she can and she's and she's just in what she does i'll tell you another person that i feel like i absolutely love i feel like if 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 we had to basically write a contract and sign a contract say this is you have to read this person's this is it but they're gonna write more things for the rest of their life the person i would probably signed that contract with is e-viewing mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she does the comics she does poetry. the poetry she does the analysis sociology uh, sociology yeah. and she she comes from a depth and if you follow her and follow her tastes whoever has niche taste whoever is really fascinated by niche things i'm like oh yeah they're brilliant because there, yes. it's it's like the one thing. Oh, if you have this one thing where I'm like, oh, I love this. Um, she does. She has this whole podcast on this guy. I cannot remember his name, but there is a guy who did interviews 
over the course oh, of, of I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and um, so he did interviews over like 40 years. He interviewed everyone from like Muhammad Ali to presidents to whoever. And she has a podcast about his interviews. Yes. That's the type of thing I'm like, oh yeah, you're brilliant. Because you can go to the end of something that's really niche. And so I'm like, no matter what you do, it's gonna be brilliant. So yeah, Eve Ewing would probably be she'd probably be somebody I would definitely read everything she writes. This is a, that was a great question. That was very interesting. That's a great question. Um, one more for me, then I'll switch off to you. Um, yeah, is evangelicalism redeemable? This is another one from Leah. Is evangelicalism redeemable? Depends on what you mean by evangelicalism. I think, I think the question is appropriately broad, though. So, I mean, it, it, this is big in academic circles. Like, the, the what is evangelical question, right, has we've spilled thousands, tens of thousands of words of ink on it. Let me make it concise. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, nah, I don't, I don't think so. It, it, it's, it's, it's too hard to bifurcate evangelicalism in terms of its theological and its cultural implications. They're both intertwined. So to ask the question, is it redeemable, doesn't mean that there's nothing in there of value. Mm. But in terms of the the concept, particularly in its United States 20th and 21st century kind of usage, the connotations that go with it, as well as the culture, the church culture that goes with it, the writing culture that goes with it, all of those things, we have to do something different. We have mm. to do something yeah. new. We have to learn yeah. from what we learned from evangelicalism and all of that stuff is I'm saying wrapped up in the concept and the ideology of whiteness. Yes. Right. Yes. And so I don't think it has much utility going forward except as to learn from and try to mm. <laughs> do something different. I think evangelicalism is functional, but it's not redeemable. So it'll work for some people, but it won't last in the healthiest context. Mm. I think it's functional. It's just not redeemable. It's functional. Evangelicalism is 100% functional for someone who is uh, conservative politically and ideologically, is in a certain certain tax bracket, has decided that they are going to live in a certain neighborhood, it, it, they'll send their kids to Christian schools, going to believe in the culture war. It's functional for them, I but would, it's not redeemable for all. I'd say it's useful. It has a utility. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm, what I mean by, and that's what I mean yeah. by functional. Yeah. Is if it, it functions. Yeah. I mean, I've just been in the, even just the intellectual conversation about e evangelicalism for so long, for too long to, to say, yeah, you know, we just tweak this, that, the other. No. It's, it's redeemable. You know, it's, I think. You got to knock the house down, I think. The question is, do we even use that? Well, so evangelical as an ism right mm -hmm. is is a thing the word evangelical we can't not use it because it's a, it's a bible yeah. word like right i mean well i would say that it is a word that has a particular connotation yes and so i personally wouldn't be like oh yeah i'm an evangelical yeah, we never Even though that, I would have, obviously, that. identification with some of the evangelical beliefs and praxis, yep. but I just would not say that. Not. Even even the quadrilateral, if you think about the quadrilateral, one of the one of the sections is activism. 
well, sure, of course, you know, <laughs> like you know, yeah. But I the mean, way they meant, but activism the way you meant activism, meant activism is different. Activism exactly. Is different. Yes, that's yes. what I'm saying. Yeah. So I never... mean, there would be some crossover, but it wouldn't be functionally right. helpful. It's for me. much more of a socio-cultural category, even a political category, than a theological one. Right. And so, in that sense, no. We can do yeah. better. <laughs> These are good questions, man. Very Yo, go, go, go ahead. Go, go, go. Here. Oh, this one's easy for you. Would either guys be willing to be a guest speaker at a Lee BSU meeting in the fall? Black Student oh, Union. Oh, Lee U. Yeah, of course. No doubt. I love Lee University. Why don't you bring us Black both? Student Union. Like they never get us both. Right. Now, this is actually something. <laughs> I, I want to put y'all on game here. There's something different about both of us together. Yes. And I know it's like, well, you know, the two plane tickets and all this. I know I know what you're thinking. Worth it. But I, I'm I'm gonna put y'all on game. You actually need to bring us both out. It actually makes a lot of sense. And people I think are leaving an experience on the oh, table. Big time. Because what we have spent eight years it's wild to say, but what we've spent <laughs> eight years now cultivating yeah. is something that is not just Good for podcasts, but if you get us in a in an in person gathering with a willing audience, you said we've it. seen it's it with the experience. tour. Yeah. We've seen it with the tour. Yeah. It's experiences, and it can truly be transformational. I know podcasts that have started. I know organizations that have been birthed mm-hmm. out of just simply being in the room on a PTM tour or on at Joint Justice Conference. Mm. I know it for a fact. Yeah. So I'm just saying, you know. I'm trying to put y'all on. <laughs> if you really you know, want to, if you really want to have a tremendous event, bring us both out together. And maybe this is the beginning of of marketing ourselves that way that we can come, we can both come to an event That's true. and do it. I mean, it would be incredible. Absolutely, it's always weird whenever that happens. I'm like, man, y'all can, but but side note, that's another thing for another day. <laughs> Black Student Union at Lee U. I had so much fun I, when I was there. I talked about it's right before the pandemic. I did a lecture for everybody um, on the college, open to the public, called The Fierce Urgency of Black Christianity, Mm. and then um, which we played on the podcast. And then I did a private kind of um, lecture talk with Black Student Union on being young, gifted, and black. And it was was tremendous. I just learned so much from them. So um, shout out to Lee Yu, uh, Black Student Union. Yeah, bring us out. <laughs> and if not him, then me. So. <laughs> um, how to balance justice and grace slash mercy. I feel like we drift towards one or the other. How to balance justice, justice and grace, grace slash mercy. Hmm. I'm assuming that this question is saying that it's hard to balance them in the direction of one individual. I'm assuming. Or um, maybe in the direction of racial justice. Of racial justice. Yeah. I think we have to be careful about assuming that certain things are not overlapping. Mm. Like that it isn't that justice is a, to use Cornell West definite justice is what love looks like in public. Mm-hmm. Right? And so he even says that justice is only justice is less than justice, right? So just because you have a mindset towards justice if that's it if you don't have love attached to it, mm-hmm. that it's actually going to devolve into something less than mm-hmm. justice. And it has to be apprehended by love. And so as we think about those things, it is sometimes it, when we talk about doing justice, that's a, an act of mercy <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. and an act of grace. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I would, first of all, 
redirect the framing, which is that justice can be mercy and that justice can be an act of love and it can be an act of grace. Even though those two things are separate, they overlap because they flow from the same source. And I think when we think about the integrated nature of life, we think about the fact that it's not as separate or disintegrated as we would want it to be. But I think grace and mercy is always produced by those who have experienced it. Mm -hmm. And those who powerfully experience grace and mercy give it, but it does not disqualify them from doing justice Mm -hmm. because those who, who truly say that they love this God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength and strength can't not love justice. They must. (laughs) So it flows from the same source. So the question is where are loves Mm -hmm. and out of that love, there's the production of both. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think I hear behind the question, how do you navigate that tension between two other terms, uh, judgment and forgiveness? Yeah. Judgment in the sense of naming something that is unjust, naming something that should not be so. And doing so boldly, you know, sort of speaking the truth in love kind of a thing. And forgiveness, which saying something isn't right. Hmm. I may have named it, but I forgive. Yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? And um, to me, a lot of that has to do with humility. Um, hmm. A lot of that has to do with the disposition of someone's heart. So say somebody did something towards me. Uh, if they're sort of arrogant in the act if they are adamant they did nothing wrong my perspective is skewed i'm taking it too personally whatever i have to keep naming what's wrong yes you do yes you because do. they haven't seen yes, the error yes you do yeah whereas if somebody does something says something and they're like oh my goodness i'm sorry or they may not know it at first but you do say this was wrong or this is how it affected me. And they said, I didn't mean that. I want to do better. Help me, you know, kind of a thing. That's a very, I I often get that question in the context of, you know, sort of when do you bear with white people and when do you sort of move on kind Mm -hmm, of a thing. mm -hmm. And to me, first of all, the light is always on, you know, Hmm. that, that, that's good. We'll leave the light on for you. The light is always on for you. You know, if if you're ready to 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 find a space, find people, find a community. It's, that here, it's here when you're ready. It's here when you're ready. There's never, I mean, I think that's what's Christ-like about how we try to do this work. This is what following Christ means is there's the door is always open to redemption. But that is not the same as being a doormat mm. that is not the same mm. as remaining in a toxic re- relationship or mm. environment. It is to say that if you have a change of heart, which doesn't mean that you're full of knowledge, you can still be ignorant, but you're willing to learn, man, I'll rock with you. 
I might hand you a book first, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but we can we can have a relationship. Yeah. It's the hard hearted. God yeah. talks about hard hearted in the Old Testament. It says uh, replace their hearts of stone with hearts of flesh. Yeah, yeah. and it's I'm the, not going it's the to stiff neck people. Yeah, the stiff neck people. No, no, I can't no, no, with no, that. I can't not, do that one. No, nah, I can't do that one. All right, let's take a break. We're going to come back. These are some great questions. We're going to come back and deal with about five or six more, however many we can get in our remaining segment right here on Pass the Mic. Hey, everybody, this is Tyler. This is Dr. Jamar Tisby. And we are excited that you're listening to this episode of Pass the Mic. But let me encourage you to support us. You can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash pass the mic. And for just $1 an episode. Just a dollar? Now, that's the bare minimum. That's four quarters. But if you want to go higher, okay, 5, you can go 10, higher. 15, right. 20, 25, whatever it is, that will keep this show going and keep the high quality that hopefully you enjoy. So thank you for listening. But you can take it to the next level. Patreon.com slash pass the mic we appreciate you we're back here on pass the mic and we're doing ama questions ask me anything you've got some good questions so far really man rich questions. let's keep it Thank going let's keep it going y'all. what's another question we got okay here's one what is something people do that annoys you is this just in general? Or is this just in the in the justice space? In this, uh, is this believers? I think it's more kind of the public in the okay. justice space kind of thing. All right, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you see him about to dip his head like that. Look, okay. man. Listen, man. Listen, man. Here's something y'all been doing that's been annoying me. I'm looking at the camera. This is what y'all been doing. Y'all have been talking about Jamar on podcasts, but not inviting him on to explain what's really happening. And I'm trying to tell y'all, you trying to mimic the recipe and it don't taste the same. Okay. The sauce off. It's not seasoned. Okay. You trying to sprinkle it in. You thinking if I, if I quote Jamar Tisby and I read off an article and I take sections from it and then give my analysis on it, it's going to hit. It don't. It don't hit. It's not given what you think it's supposed to be given. So I need y'all. I'm I'm trying to help you. Okay, I want your your podcast, I want your video to be the best that it can possibly be. But at least bring on somebody black. See, this is the thing. Now, when you're not even having somebody that's black on, when the whole pod is unseasoned, <laughs> when there's no seasoning in the house, you ever been to an Airbnb and you want to cook something and there's no seasoning? <laughs> there's no seasoning, there's nothing for you, you to do. Go not to even no sugar, no salt, no him Hima- no pink Himalayan salt, because that's the real salt. <laughs> I'm telling y'all right now. I'm telling you right now. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you out. I'm here for you. But I'm tired of y'all quoting an article and and doing lines and doing very poor racial analysis because you will not ask him, hey, just come on the pod. Okay? (laughs) Do you have time? He might say no, but then he could recommend somebody else that could come on the pod and season it for you. So I'm just trying to help. I'm trying to help y'all out. Okay? I'm trying to help you out. Another thing. Can I I, I, I keep going? I think you got more. Here's another thing. Don't quote people. Okay. Don't follow me. Interact with me. Clap your hands. Be like, man, I encourage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then quote people and be cool with people that talk bad about me. Thank you. Listen, can you, can you, can we, can we just have a base level? Can we have a base level here? Because critique is one thing. Critique is healthy and good. But then when you get into mischaracterization and they're your friend, 
and your friend mischaracterized me, and then you proud you enough talk to, him. to interact with me, talk to him. and then call him your friend? Get your boy. Oh, no, we're not rocking. We're not cool. I'm just so tell right now, we're not cool. That's not how we do it. I wasn't raised like that. We don't do that. So don't come around and talk like, oh, you you good, man. I, I'm really looking forward to what God is doing in your life. And then you, oh, man, I can't, look at this. Carl Truman's research. He's so good. And he, he downed my boy. He dragging Jamar through the mud. And yet y'all are telling me that the rise and the fall of postmodern self is just so good. It's just got so much good analysis. It's probably the best book on this and that. And y'all think I'm cool with that? Y'all think I'd be like, oh, okay, good. Yo, stop doing that, okay? I'm just, I'm going to tell y'all right now. And also, one more thing. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it's just one more thing. I got to keep it going. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Don't, don't big us up privately. Mm. Don't defend us and clap for us privately and don't say nothing publicly. Collect your people. If you really, man, I'm really thankful for y'all, brother. Say it, say it. Keep the same energy yeah, around your people. <laughs> why is that a DM? Why is that a text? It's cool. I know you got life. Stuff happens. But what it sounds like to me is you don't want to be seen with me. Mm. We're not doing that. Okay, this is different, y'all. Come on. Now, d- don't do that. Why are you sharing all my stuff? Why are you sharing my clips on your close friends on IG story? <laughs> how do, well, how that work? You're not going to let it go public because I talked about being a black Christian. What's wrong with you? Who told you? Who told you to hate yourself? Who taught you? Who taught you to do this? Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> you mean he's pa- he's pausing as well? I'm done. Means. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Too much. Too much. No, no, no. Somebody's saying one more. I'm not going to do one more. Here's I'm, a I'm real done. basic one. Here's a real basic one. Folks keep asking, what can I do? Look, man. Hey, there's a lot. There's a lot. Look, but here's man. a basic one. Here's a basic one that I, we have to keep saying. Donate. Donate yeah. to the witness. Become a Patreon supporter. Like, we, that's never gets old. It never gets old. And if you've already done that, first of all, thank you. Thank you so much. Second of all, tell somebody else to do it. Yeah. Like, concrete, tangible support. So much. I mean, we have no lack of ideas, no lack of dreams, no lack of visions. What we lack is the resources. So that never gets old. It will never not be needful and helpful. That's just something basic. Just, just, you know. Go take and, do. and if you're going to share me on your close friends, don't tag me. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't want to see. Why are you tagging me on your close friends? What does that do for me? Why didn't you, why didn't you share it with your 15,000 followers? Why you got to self-select 100 that care about racial justice? Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we back. We back. Okay. Hi. How y'all doing? Y'all good? Okay. Um, next question here. Um, he says, which historical figure that are alive would you like to spend a week with? Okay. So I know who you think I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. I, well, I have a guess on who would be obvious for you, but I don't think that's the person you would spend a that's week right. with. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's sort of a toss-up. And it's going to sound... The first one's going to sound cliche. The second one, most people aren't going to know who I'm talking about. First one is MLK. Okay. All right. Here's my, here's, here's my, here's my soapbox on MLK. It's the people who we think we know the most, That's who we good. understand the least. That's good. That's good. So look at Very MLK's good. body of work. First of all, I'm astounded. This man was the figurehead of the civil rights movement for 13 years. We sitting here looking back at 2020, like, what happened to the movement? It'd been two years. Hmm. 
This man was at the forefront of the movement for over a decade, getting death threats from a yeah. month into yeah. the Montgomery bus boycott yeah. in 1955. What would that feel like? Hmm. On top of it, he started his organ, an organization, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. He was helping to pastor and preach at a church, Ebenezer Baptist Church, which he moved to after Montgomery because his profile became so large. He couldn't stay in this smaller city anymore. He had to move to Atlanta. Then on top of it all, he wrote and he wrote and he wrote and he wrote. He wrote books. He also wrote out sermons. He wrote speeches. Yeah. He left us a body of knowledge. Shout out to Coretta Scott King, who secured and curated that information so that we could decades later still access it. And he was at odds at different points in his work with black people, with white people, with moderates, with radicals, with whomever mm. you can name. And somehow was a man in, in many ways of deep, deep principle, particularly yeah. on too. nonviolence, which many people utilized as a tactic, but he adopted it as a life philosophy to the point, many people don't know this, he was assaulted on stage by a white supremacist punched repeatedly yep. and chose not only not to violently retaliate because of his philosophical commitment to nonviolence, but even afterwards said, don't press charges, bring the man to me. We need to have a conversation. Hmm. I mean, better than we me. don't know. Yeah, than, yeah, yeah. No, how many people have actually sat down and read a whole biography of yeah. MLK, yeah. right? Like you, you, you can look at Taylor Branch's uh, trilogy, yeah. which is thousands of pages, yeah. but there are many other shorter ones. How many King folks have seminarian. even sat down yeah. and read, watched a documentary about King? No, we yeah. know the quotable King. We know what other people have said about wow. King. I don't... I, I can't imagine what it would be like to sit down and spend a week with him as he thought through different social issues. And by the end of his life, he's thinking through war. He's thinking through poverty mm -hmm. as well as race. Like, bro, I don't, I don't care how cliche it sounds. There's so much more to MLK. There's so much more he has to offer us, even in this present day and age yeah, yeah. than we can possibly fathom. So. It was a toss-up. I was going to talk about Tom Skinner, but no, I think I convinced myself. I would sit down with him. Okay, wow, that's powerful, bro. That's powerful. Bro, it's dumb. It's dumb. And and I'll say this to historians. I understand the movement and the impulse to say, well, it wasn't just about King, because it certainly wasn't. In her magisterial biography of Ella Baker, Barbara Ransby ends with the quote from Ella Baker said that the movement made Martin more than Martin made the movement. She's absolutely right. right. It wasn't just right. MLK. Absolutely. I just think there's some, a lot to learn from somebody who had to act as a spokesperson, an interpreter, a bridge for and about yeah. the movement, not for a few months, not for one crusade, not for one uh, 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 movement or, 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 or campaign, but for 13 years. Mm -hmm. Not only that, he was preternatural in his in his oratory, in his well, ability to synthesize philosophy and theology and current events. And I, and I, he, I think now my right. my soapbox is that we undervalue oratory. That's my soapbox is we undervalue it because we think it's common, it's levels. But anyway, my gosh, um, no, yeah, it, it's it's levels. And you I listen think people, to a Tyler Burns sermon and you listen stop, to a Jamal man, stop, sermon. Stop, and no, you that's not what I'm that saying. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. Art. That's not what I'm saying. I think for me, number one, this one's gonna catch you off guard. Historical figure I like to spend a week with Nat Turner. Oh yeah, be very interesting. 
I want to see what's up with that when he got to that realization. Another person I'd love to spend a week with is William J. Seymour. Because if I'm going to go back in time till before we was free, I need to experience some, some power. <laughs> He says, if I'm going to be alive in the if Jim I'm Crow be alive era. alive in the Jim Crow era, <laughs> God got to be moving. It got to be documented. God moved. Okay, because that's the only way I'm going to I got to have a revival. I got to have a revival. Look. And then finally, I, I would say, like, somebody fun, you know, somebody that it would be really fun to be around this person for a week. Like, what would it be like to be around young Stevie Wonder for a week? Mm, well, he's still with us, but you know, I'm, I, he said dead or alive, dead or alive. <laughs> oh, he said yeah, dead, or, dead alive. or alive. Yeah, I mean, like, but he's well, a historical figure. So yeah, thinking, he's a historical figure. Dead or alive, like it's an you interesting know, thing. like I mean, <laughs> you know, what would it what would it be like to be around? You know, just people who were who were doing things that were wild, but also experiencing like the height of their gift. Like I would love to be around. Sammy Davis Jr., when he was going from conservative to liberal spaces, like I love to be around that and see, like, what are you, what, how are you doing this? I like, would love to be around Paul Robeson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, yeah. Talk about an interesting life. Um, Brilliant. Yes, yes. Like, what would a week with Sydney Sydney Portier be like? What would a week be like in Harlem during the rent, Harlem Renaissance? Um, you know, yeah. Now wow. you meddling. That's gonna be wild. What would a week be like with Jeremiah Wright right after the news breaks of Ooh, him saying, "God, buddy, God, bleep America." What would that be like? See, I want to actually choose the week too, because I can't. You just can't be airdropping me into a random week, because that might not be the right week. I got to choose the week anyway. This is so good. Let okay, me ask um, you one. yeah, um, go ahead. Vision for the witness for the next five years. Woo! You should have ended with this one, man. You know, uh, I have so many right now. The witness is in a rebuilding behind the scenes phase, so a lot is happening behind the scenes that you don't see, and. Yeah, you'll see podcasts and blogs and events. But what I'm most concerned about is two things, infrastructure building and community building. So I believe that the witness is in a building season and that building will happen behind the scenes and then will eventually emerge into the public. But I think communities of refreshing is something I'm fascinated by and I'm on. I think um, infrastructure building in terms of how we build out organizational dynamics and then how we give you resources, because that's a game the witness hasn't really gotten into yet, but how we give you resources and curriculum that will spur on your faith to live a lifestyle of faith and justice. Um, I'm thinking about community building when it comes to college campuses, when it comes to international communities, so much. But I think it's infrastructure and community building. And I think over the next five years, you'll see that in the resources that come out. So books will come out from the witness and from staff members on the witness. And then there will also be events that happen. And all these things are designed to really say, how can over the next five years, the witness build out something that lasts for a generation and lasts and is actually able to sustain itself for mm -hmm. a generation? Because that's the challenge of, of an organization. What does it produce and, and how does it last? You yeah, know, and, yeah. and does it reproduce mm -hmm. itself in others um, and in other organizations? So I think that's, that's where I'm, where I'm at that's over the exciting. next five years. It's really exciting. Um, yeah, I think we have a couple of more. Um, Benita, I love this. I love 
Love, love, love this question. She said, first, let me say that I love the brother to you, brotherhood you two have. I hope she listened to that episode about us going to mediation. <laughs> she said, warms my heart to listen to your playful banner. When you have to tackle hard topics, you draw us in with your insightful perspectives. Thank you so much. We're going to yeah. use this yeah. on the <laughs> on the marketing document. Uh, <laughs> I always listen to each podcast twice at the minimum. Okay, wow. listen. Wow. Y'all some real. Super fan look, badge right there. Look. Thank you so much. Question, if you could have chosen, this is such a good question, would you two have preferred to be brothers by blood in the same family or friends? Friends. What? Brothers by blood? Friends. What? I don't feel like we would have. Wow. Would we be doing a podcast together, leading ministry together? Bro, it would be even more powerful if we were like the Burns Brothers or something. That joint would be that. that, Do you can you imagine a branding? It's got to be Burns Brothers. Well, I mean, well, of course, you know. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's Burns Clan. It's Burns Clan around here, homie. (laughs) It's it's Burns Bland. It's Burns Bland. He's representing. (laughs) Nah, it's Burns Bland, man. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Brazy around here. I feel like what part of what makes this such a good dynamic is we had such different. Past. That's a great point. You know what I'm saying? It's a great so point. We were shaped differently because we were in different environments, different backgrounds, and we when when our powers combine. No, nah, that's true. <laughs> that's a that's a great point though. I will give you that. That's that's dope. Um great question though. That's a great really question. Y'all thinking. Okay, just two more. Um oh, this is interesting. Given the Grove City mess, could Jamar speak on the Fuhrer after his talk at Covenant? Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 they bringing up some stuff. Okay, so my talk at Covenant. Y'all meddling, man. Y'all messy. Oh, really meddling. This is Y'all okay. messy. This is really messy right Y'all here. Y'all are so messy. Covenant College, Lookout Mountain, Tennessee, is the denominational college of the Presbyterian Church in America, which if you trace their lineage, goes all the way back to Southern Presbyterians, which are so-called because during the Civil War, they split off from their Northern counterparts in support of race-based chattel slavery. Hmm. So that is the water that we're swimming in. Now, Covenant College is not terribly far from it in the sense of still being conservative, still wanting to sort of preserve some of that history. Now, of course, my experience with students and professors there in particular has been really positive on the whole. But I went in, I want to say 2017 and did the Reformation lectures there, which ironically were far more, I think, provocative than anything I said at Grove City College. Hmm. I did a series of three lectures. The most provocative part was I I borrowed a page from MLK. In one of his speeches, he says, here's a a section of one of Paul's letters updated for contemporary times to address our issues. I did the same thing with a passage of scripture. Well, of course, it it, it didn't even come from the students primarily. It came from somebody watching online who said, well, he's doing eisegesis and he's (laughs) playing with the word of God. Like, I I prefaced this intentionally. (laughs) Like, this is what I'm doing. I'm not saying this is God's word. I'm saying, what if we had a contemporary application? All of uh, the... Anyway, there was a furor behind it. There were articles, there were panels, all of this stuff. Uh, and you know, I don't know, I don't know that I have a ton different to say because the same dynamics are going on of Christian nationalism, of an anti CRT mm-hmm. crusade. What I would want to do is a couple of things. Number one, I would want to get the students of color, particularly the black students in the same room, maybe with both Tyler and I and just share yeah, with absolutely. them. 
pour out into them Absolutely. because it is hardest on those students. Yeah. And I know what it was like as a as a, a very small minority of black Americans in my undergraduate experience. But you layer on top of this Protestant Christianity, evangelicalism, reformed. Man, that's tough. That's tough. And I don't want young black people to come out of that experience scarred and worst of all, walking away from Jesus because they've gotten some distorted view of who he is. So that would be the primary thing. The other thing I would do is get together with the professors there, particularly the history professors, and pour out into them and give them a pep talk because what they're doing can be transformative, especially in those formative years around, you know, late teens, early 20s. And no matter what the administration does, no matter what sort of the climate around them, they can still be a transformative force mm. in the lives of those students. So I'd want that to happen. Um, and then lastly, I'll say if they do stuff that rises to an institutional level that is racist, that is white supremacist, we must speak out. Yeah, Talking again about so. the civil rights movement, the whole tactic of nonviolent direct action was to prov- provoke a response because it revealed the injustice of the yes. situation. Y'all, we cannot do this in quiet. What is happening is these institutions are passing policies and making decisions, and we think for some reason out of respect of the institution, or we don't think we have a voice or whatever it may be, we don't speak up about it. And again, I say at the level of the institution, because then this now becomes sort of official doctrine, if you will. I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. talking about one individual, or a couple of individuals saying this, that, or the other in their individual capacity. I'm talking about on behalf of the institution. Yes. They will not change unless it is brought to public light. And we don't do it to to um, throw people under the bus. We don't do it as a holier-than-thou thing. Mm-hmm. We do it for accountability. And so many of these institutions lack accountability, will not take responsibility unless they are held publicly accountable, usually by forces, people and, and forces external to the organization. Wow. That's it. Y'all better invite him back. <laughs> man, I think that's it, bro. I mean, there's some other questions. There's probably like 10 other questions we didn't get to. But, man, I think that's that's the wrap right there, man. I think that's how we should end it. Keep the questions coming. Yeah, we'll do this again. I really, I really want to do this again because this was fun. <laughs> it was fire. Yeah, dope. This episode was brought to you in part by United We Pray. United We Pray is a podcast devoted to praying and thinking about racial strife, especially between Christians. Come join us in praying for the unity of God's people.